This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for the Clang Valley's biggest conversation. Talk back on the evening edition, only on BFM 89.9. It's Tom back here with Caroline O and me, Ezra Zaid. And this evening, we're going to be talking about organ donation. Uh, yesterday, it was reported that the organ donation rate for organ and tissue transplants in Malaysia is among the lowest in the world. The current rate, it stands at one donor per one million population. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, ever so often there's this rallying cry, right, in the news, urging Malaysians to sign up uh, as organ donors. But that number, while I understand it's going up, it isn't anywhere near enough yeah. uh, to meet uh, the demand. Uh, so today on Talkback, what we'd like to do is extend that call for more organ donors and also to facilitate the, uh, the discussion, we have a very special guest with us. Yes, uh, we have with us Dalin Dr. Lela. She's the head of the National Transplant Resource Centre. So if you have any questions uh, with regards to organ donation, you can call us at 03-771-09000 right now or text us at 016-201-9000. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We're talking about organ donation this evening and asking you if you think it should be made mandatory. And as mentioned, I mean, the numbers are pretty, pretty low, especially in Malaysia, among the lowest in the world. Current rate, one donor per one million population. Ideally, at the end of this program, Caroline, we'd like to increase that number we would. Uh, quite significantly. Yeah, so if you'd like to sign up to be an organ donor, our producers are actually on standby to get your contact details to be passed on to uh, Dr. Leila this evening. Yeah, uh, Dr. Leila, thank you very much for joining us on the program. Um, let's begin with some of uh, the basics um, about organ donation. What are the main reasons as to why the take-up rate is quite low? Well, we used to think, is it religion? That is the uh, causing the objection but we have been working with all the religious bodies sure. and we said they have been supportive and we have seen in the past couple of years that actually with the help of the um, uh, religious bodies uh, for the Muslim because Muslim used to be the lowest before mm-hmm. the Muftis the other uh, religious leaders actually the numbers have been going up that's mm-hmm. why we reach one right. when I talk about one per million population is actual number of organ donors that donated after death right. uh, but we also have uh, we did see an, an increment in the number of uh, donors the last two years uh, we have seen the increment in the number of pledges okay and we thought wow great we maybe we are breaking that that wall that I have been hit, hitting yeah. uh, you know for the last I don't know how many years mm-hmm. because we thought uh, we are going there but and we have already covered a lot of the uh, uh, questions and uncertainty about what about the body is the body in a good condition yeah. are we are we if when we donate uh, when somebody donates are we causing a mutilation to the I think we have to a certain extent manage to convince and persuade the public that you know uh, this doesn't happen yeah but what we see this year and, and I'm especially concerned this year that that rise that we thought would, would just uh, take off suddenly just plummet. It didn't create the momentum that you yes, expect. Yes, and we thought it would be a self, you know, uh, uh, it will carry on the momentum. <laughs> but what we saw suddenly, it just fell down just like that. We had 71 donors last year, actual donors, of which 30 were organ donors, the rest were tissue donors. Right, 71 donors yeah, over the whole year. Yes, uh, 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 that is a rise from 56. Mm-hmm. 56 the year before, 47 the year before, there was a rise. Mm-hmm. But we are seeing that um, but of that, only only um, 31 were organ donors after brain death. But the rest were the rest were tissue donors. Right. Were tissue donors after cardiac death. So what we see is that uh, why suddenly this plummet? And I could only explain that when I go to the social media, I see that a lot of things have been viralized. Okay. A lot like bad things. misinformation? Yes. It starts off when, when uh, a donor family, somebody who has donated and donated twice, mind you, you know, two of her family members who died at different time donated. Suddenly she sent me this newspaper cutting in a Chinese newspaper to say that heart is uh, being sold for this price, uh, heart, you know, kidney mm. is being sold for. And she said, Is this what is happening in this country? I wrote there and I said, no, it's not possible that it's happening here because we are monitoring. It's not like in countries like um, China or India where there are so many transplant centres that it's hard to control. We have very few transplant centres and we monitor all hospitals. 
Okay, Dati uh, Nudalila, maybe let's uh, take it back for folks who are curious, who they haven't signed up yeah. yet. Uh, we're encouraging listeners right now to call in with your questions, 0377109000. So walk us through the process uh, of somebody who signed up and let's say uh, that person passes away on a Monday. Uh, what happens when it comes to the process of what takes place next? Okay, it depends on what sort of death. If it is a brain death, then it is possible for him to or her to donate organs. And if assuming that he hasn't got any other co- contraindication, that means nothing that will prevent the death, that's not making him suitable becoming mm-hmm. a donor. Let's say he had an accident. He had come to the hospital with a very severe head injury. The doctors will do everything to try and save his life. First point, even if you carry a card, that doesn't mean your, your, your care and treatment is going to be affected. Nobody right. matters. I take home message, one. You know, we try to save lives. And the first life that we want to save is the one that is in front of you. Okay? But despite everything that is done, this patient is on ventilator, unconscious, and he has got um, surgery done, let's say, to remove blood clot. But... Because he, it is a severe brain injury, it is possible that he can also become brain dead. Mm-hmm. Let me just explain a bit what brain death is. You know, the brain is in the skull. When the brain is swollen, you know, and has um, a lot of blood, if the blood may be able to be removed, but a swollen brain, it's got no room. And when it swells up, the pressure in the brain can rise very high because it's being... Uh, you know, there's no room in, sure. in, in that area. And that rise in pressure can sometimes affect the blood flow that uh, is being pumped by the heart, the beating heart. So the, the, heart, the, the blood with the oxygen cannot reach the brain. Brain doesn't get oxygen, it suffers more secondary damage. This is what we talked about, secondary damage. Unlike other areas that get swollen, it swells up, it comes out. It doesn't matter. In the brain, it Very can. sensitive. Yes, it can become. And when finally it doesn't get any uh, blood supply at all, it can die. Mm-hmm. Now, if it is not on a ventilator, if the person is not on a ventilator, he just stops breathing, the heart stops because he's dead. Mm. But because at that moment he's on a ventilator, his heart will continue to beat, but he will show no signs, you know, no signs of life like in terms of response. When that happens, doctors then will do two tests to, to confirm is he brain dead or not. Okay? And when the first test shows brain death, they will repeat another test, second, about six hours later, to confirm and to certify. When the, but the first test, if it's confirmed, the second test you know, is just for certification. Sure. So normally when that happens, they will refer the case to us because we at NTRC, we also, apart from the pledging and all that, we also manage donors. They will refer the case to us and then we will see is he suitable or not. And how quick of a time frame are we talking about? Then? Okay, this is only the first test that's being done. Yes. We still need another six hours to do the second test. So we have time because we know if first test shows brain death, the second will only confirm. But, but is this a regular practice in every hospital? Then We are trying to implement that. But right. of course it doesn't. In the government hospital, it's being picked up much more. But in the private uh, and maybe even the university, it's not so much. Is there a reason for that? Well, it, it, it's seen as extra work. Okay, let me go, go through still. So when they refer the case to us, we will then communicate with the transplant centres like IJN or HKL or Slayang, HKL for, for kidneys, Slayang for liver and kidney and IJN maybe for heart and lung. And then we say, hey, we have got this potential. He's still be on a ventilator. We are still maintaining his blood pressure. <laughs> but the first test has shown that he's brain dead, but we need to confirm with the second. Okay, At that stage... The doctors in the managing the patient and and uh, and what we call this top team that, that we have set up in in this uh, hospital that that was supposed to manage the donor will talk to the family not to get consent but at that stage just to find out what is this person's wish but we only do that if the family has accepted that this person is dead right right okay? yeah. because if he doesn't accept the person is dead no way is he going to. 
Yeah, I'd like to continue through that process. Um, but before that, very quickly, just going to let you know that the lines are open. You can call in if you have any questions uh, for Dr. Leila. Yes, uh, 0377109000. Uh, text us at 0162019000. Tweet us at BFM Radio. If you're an organ donor, uh, do call us and, and tell us what your thoughts and, and, and feelings were as you were leading up to signing. Because I think clearly from the numbers, a lot of people have a certain element of curiosity, ambiguous or, or ambivalence. Being un- unable to reconcile a, a lot yeah. of things still, even though a lot of awareness has been put through. So we're asking you that. Also, um, you know, you know, some countries have an opt-out situation. Also asking you whether or not you think uh, organ donation should be made mandatory. Call us on 0377109000 um, to have your say. So Dr. Leila, um, so you were talking about at that point when, um, you know, you're going to need the, the yes. family. Yeah. Okay. So if the family has sort of accepted, we, we still have not confirmed but we know that it's going to be confirmed. So we actually, in the meantime, we talked to the transplant centre and we said we got this patient on uh, who is already looks like brain dead and he's this blood group, this condition, this blood pressure. Do you have a recipient? Are the organs all right for you? Because we will then do all investigation to see which organs are still usable yep. and whether this donor has any infection or any illness yep. that may not that may contradict, you know, uh, from, from the patient becoming a donor. And at the same time, we try to maintain, because the heart is beginning to wanting to stop. Yeah. Organs are going haywire because of that brain death. We have to try and maintain and delay that. And in the process, where if the family is ready, we ask them to talk. Uh, we talk about that. If, you ha- if that person has a donor card, it's so much easier. Because yeah. then we know the wish. Yeah. But whatever it is, we talk to the family. Even if he doesn't have a donor card, the family has a right yes. to donate yeah, yeah, on, yeah. On, on their behalf. Even if he has a donor card, family's consent is still required. Right. And however, at that point, it's really difficult, especially when there yes. isn't a donor card available. We are actually going to head uh, over uh, to the phones. Yes. Um, of course, uh, call us at 0377109000. Uh, text us at 0162019000. <laughs> about organ donation we're asking the question should organ donation be made mandatory uh, currently the rate stands at one donor per one million population uh, call us if you are or are not an organ donor and tell us why uh, Satish is on the line hi Satish thanks for calling hi hi guys um, pleasure uh, just have a, two questions for doctor uh, yes question number one is uh, I am I just went to the system few weeks back to register myself as an organ donor yes okay, first thing eh uh, uh, can you repeat so the question? Because your he, voice is yes, he, he said he just went to register. Oh, I see. You just so, went yeah. to register. Okay. I just, I just registered. I mean, I done the registration few years back, and I, I, they gave me a card, and I lost it, and I was a bit bothered. You know how, how are they going to keep track of it? You know, because I, um, so finally they have a system where you can go and register, which is very good. But my question is this. My first question is this: Assuming I'm, I'm really in the outskirts of Malaysia, Kedah or something like that, and, and something happened to me, uh, they can house my organ. Is there an integrated system where the doctors will know that this guy is an organ donor? Although he's in Kedah, probably can just you know bring him to the nearest hospital to house. That's my first question. Second question is. Um, in University Malaya Hospital, there is this uh, program uh, on where you can donate your body. Uh, yes, the silent mentor. Uh, yes, that, that thing. Um, uh, assuming um, we have registered for it, can is there a legal binding where even the family members can decide after that, you know, there is some truffle somewhere, they, they say, I want the body back or something like that. All right. They do not understand the fact that you know I'm doing it for science. All right. That's Thank you. Question. Thank you very much for that, Satish. So a couple of questions there. The first one being uh, whether or not there's an integrated system across the country. Let's start with that. Okay. We have. I told you the top teams have been set up in all government hospital, and even now we are going into university hospital and even the private hospitals, or at least some kind of a top team that whenever there is a potential donor, they will pick that up and then they will refer the case to us. But of course, we have a lot also missed cases mm. because it depends very much how well that, that team is functioning mm-hmm. and whether it's available in that hospital. So assuming for organ donation, it must be somebody who dies by brain death. Now, brain death can only occur in the ICU right. because you have to be on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. If you're not on a ventilator, your heart will stop, it becomes a circulatory death. Right. So when there is a 
brain death, they actually will uh, uh, the, the 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 SOP is that when they've done the first test, they are supposed to refer to us. Of course, as I said, we are missing a, a few things because depending on how good the top team is. If the uh, and also if the uh, the team is not picking up, we are also reminding the family members or, or the, the those who have signed up. Please inform the family members because yep. they can also. And that leads us to the second question that he had: whether or not families can contest what he's put that what, what you know a donor has put down. Okay, what he has put down is for the silent mentor. Now, silent mentor must be with family consent, and and before you can even sign for it. It has to be with consultation with the whole family and family consensus. If the family has arguments about it, actually University of Malaya Hospital will not accept that person for the silent mentor. And in actual fact, at the end of the day, the body is actually returned back. The asylum mentor, the only thing is they keep the body for some time until it could be used. Uh, for the as at a course for teaching, and when they they do the it's like operation. It's not like it's not like a dissection. It's like surgery, and at the end of it, they do up the body very nicely, and the body is returned back in an honoured way. So that means, um, but if there is no consent from family. They cannot do it. They can't do it. All right, folks, we're talking about organ donation. In the studio with us is Dadin Dr. Leila, head of the National Transplant Resource Centre. And we're taking in your calls yep. at 0377109000. We're trying to get to your calls um, as soon as we can, so keep them coming in. We'll be right back after these messages on Talkback, BFM 89.9. Get in touch right now. Call 0377109000. Text 0162019000 or... Tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Talkback on BFM 89.9. It's Talkback with Caroline and Ezra. We're discussing whether organ donation should be made mandatory. Uh, it was reported that the organ donation rate for organ and tissue transplants in this country is among the lowest in the world. The current rate stands at one donor per one million population. Uh, to shed some light on this issue in the studio with us is Datin Dr. Leila, head of the National Transplant Resource Centre. And the reason she's here in the studio today is to answer a lot of the questions that we have if we haven't signed up and she's going to give you every reason why you should sign up we need that number to go up uh, quite dramatically and uh, we've got some calls uh, who are waiting on the line right now as well we're also running a poll um, asking you whether or not you're an organ donor with 25% um, who've replied saying yes 44% saying no 27% saying that they will sign up 4% saying never so um, keep on 4% voting. saying never, never. I, mean, I want to hear from that 4% if, as you, well. if you want yeah. to call in and tell us why zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. Russell has been waiting very patiently on the line. Russell, thanks for calling in. Hi, good evening, Caroline, Ezra, and Doctor Dutton. Just um, Dr. Leila, would you? <laughs> okay, um, I'm a registered organ donor, actually, in my uh, home country, Australia. Yes, and we actually have an uh, an opt out system. So, um, basically, when you get your driver's license, you fill up a form, and this form you actually have to tick to opt out of being an organ donor and uh, it's a very efficient system. Uh, most people, I think it's about 70% uh, elect to be an organ donor and it's actually printed on the back of your license card um, and uh, we have quite a high uh, organ donor program in Australia because of this. So I think they should introduce this into Malaysia where, where it's an opt out system where you're automatically an organ donor unless you tick a box to say you don't want to be. Yeah, cool. Terrific stuff. So thank you very much for that, uh, Russell. And um, I guess that's interesting. Uh, can, can, can I have a comment? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Russell, I work very closely with the Australian, my Australian counterpart. In actual fact, uh, in, in your um, registered uh, driving license, you have that point. Uh, do you want to donate? Whether yes, not sure, or no. Definitely when, you're not, when you say no, they will not ask. But when they say yes or not sure, they still ask the, uh, the, the, the person. So you're oh. not, it's not quite... A straightforward. Uh, it's not uh, quite what you call opt-out. When you talk about opt-out, you're talking about... You say that, uh, you know, you have to register to say that you are not right. wanting to donate. And if you don't uh, register... The, the, there is nothing you don't have to opt in to say that you will register okay okay and right. so that's different than opt out and is that, that is that a consideration that 
has been toying about for here in Malaysia? Because I know also, I think in the yeah. United States as well, with regards to the driving licenses, yeah. there is that no, similar no, that, thing. That's why, right, because in many countries, including Singapore mm-hmm. and and like Spain, Spain has the highest number of uh, donors and they practice opt-out. So do Portugal, Austria uh, and a lot of the Eastern European they, they they say that maybe the opt-out is the way to go. A lot of people have been trying to say that. But as I said, to opt-out, it means you must uh, express your wish not to donate. If you do not express your objection, your organs belong to the state. That means we do not have to ask consent. We no, do not have to ask uh, anything we could actually take. But uh, it it uh, behaves that you should, that there should be, uh, well, uh, you should uh, be well uh, versed or you should know your, your rights. You should know that well informed, every citizen must be well, well informed that if you don't want to donate, you mustn't be on sure. this objection. Right. And, and I think many countries, even US, find that difficult to implement. Mm. And what uh, Australia is doing is like in between. Mm. You know, you express yes and you express no. They just are oh, not sure. It feels like an option is there and it yes. is, isn't there, so there, there, is a, there is still uh, asking for it. Yeah. And even in, uh, in Spain, usually what happened, they still consult the family, but they consult not to ask for consent, but to ask, has he ever said he didn't want to donate? Okay. Well, just to double and triple verify yes. where possible. Uh, we've got our next caller, Chong Ting, who's going to be asking a question about organ transplant. Chong Ting, you're on the air on Talkback. What do you have to say? Chongping, you there? Unfortunately, uh, he's Unfortunately not. not. Very quickly, Adrian tweeted in saying, can a brain-dead person ever come back to life? No, right. a brain-dead person is dead. And if, you were, if I were to tell you that even a, a death as we know it, that is when the heart has stopped permanently, patient you know, has no breathing, yeah. what makes him dead is because his brain has died. Because there is no flow. The brain died last. The br- there's no flow of oxygen, uh, blood carrying oxygen to the brain. And, the brain. and it's only when that brain dies that we say the person is dead. But the brain death that we are talking about now is when brain uh, dies before the heart has stopped. And, it, and the heart has not stopped only because he is on a ventilator. He's not breathing, but the ventilator is giving breath. But the heart will stop eventually, depending on how good the heart is. All right, we've got a lung doctor on the line. It's Tinny. Uh, hi, Tinny, you're on the air. Tinny, are you there? Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hi, Tinny, we can hear you. Hi, hi, Tinny. Hi, I'm a respiratory consultant from the National University of uh, Malaysia. Right. I just recently uh, returned from Europe and I was training for a, a year in a, in a lung transplant program in, um, in Ireland. And um, I just wanted to say that essentially it, it just drives me um, nuts sometimes when, uh, when my, you know, when my master's students, the medical students, forget about lung transplant as part of the routine um, standard um, care that we would give for certain chronic lung diseases. Um, so, for example, over in Ireland, we were, you know, I, I, we saw miracles. I mean, we had a lot of cystic fibrosis patients, and we were seeing um, patients, you know, at the age of 20 with literally, uh, you know, median survival of two years, and, 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 they, and, and they, they get new lungs, and, and, they, and you know, and, and, and they, 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 they become normal. You know, they, 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 couldn't, they couldn't breathe. Um, they were bedbound, they were housebound, and they could, they could have a relatively good quality of life. So, I mean, I guess this is something that I like to see through during my lifetime. And um, I'm just wondering, just from, as, from a, like a local doctor point of view, in my, in my own institution, how do I create that awareness? Because it seems to be this kind of like ignorance or, you know, shrug, like, oh, geez, you know, that's not going to happen, hmm. you know, within the next 10, 20 years. And, it's, it, you know, and that, that really drives me nuts. So is there any way where essentially we can... Um, increase, you know, the there, 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 increase the sense of urgency. Increase the sense of awareness urgency, exactly. Because, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm seeing 40 years old, I mean, the, 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 demographic, the, de- the demography here in terms of lung diseases, you're seeing them at age 40, 30 years old, you know, with, with chronic lung disease, I think because of TB high presence. And, um, and, you know, they're bedbound or they're on oxygen and it, it drives me nuts that I can't even... No, I, I think we, we certainly understand uh, yep. the frustration and, and of that issue. And yeah. you, can, you can hear it in your voice. And we'll get to that question. Uh, Dr. Leila will be able to respond right after the news. Have to head in for it. Uh, Aslin Balkis is here, ready with the news. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Hey, you. Yes, you. You, you in the car. Yes, 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 you. I'm talking to you. It's time for Talkback. 
So, hands-free car kits at the ready? Yes? Good. Let's talk back on BFM 89.9. Let's talk back with Caroline and Ezra. The number to call is 0377109000. Text us at 0162019000. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We're speaking about organ donation and in the studio with us is Dr. Leila, head of the National Transplant Resource Centre. Uh, earlier we mentioned that the current rate stands at one donor per one million population. Uh, it's uh, Malaysia. So it says one to 30 then. Uh, one to 30 rates, 10%. Yes. Yes. One, one to 30 million. That means one, one donor for every million. For every million. Yes. Wow. And that was last year. Right. I'm so afraid this year is going to go down. Oh. Now, uh, earlier we had uh, a caller... Um, express- yes, and expressing, I guess, dismay at the current situation. Yes. And so part of what we're doing this evening is to create uh, an awareness. And I guess what she was trying to get at was about the lack of urgency about this issue. Why do you think that's the case? No, I, I think what she meant also is that even among her colleagues, they are not considering transplant as a means of uh, treatment, you know, a, a treatment for for the patients that with this uh, end-stage uh, lung failure. Is it because uh, there is a lack, lack of supply? Uh, yes, because of lack of supply, people say, what's the point? Okay, what's the point? We have to make both uh, happening at the same time. Yeah. And it's also an issue. We, we have actually the expertise. But if we don't have donors and they don't do the transplant, expertise will go down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. And then we end up with no expertise. We have to keep this in tandem. You know, people will not build their expertise mm-hmm. if they don't, there is no... Uh, Supply, as, yep. as you said, for them to do. So we have to make sure that both happen at the same time. All that we know, there is a need. All right. Folks, 0377109000 is the number to call. Uh, we're speaking about organ donation. We want to hear your thoughts, whether you are a donor or whether you're not. Or, more importantly, like many of us, perhaps you're considering it, but there's some sort of cultural or mental mental obstacle that is preventing you from doing so. Uh, it's a very easy thing nowadays. You can just go online, sign up, and boom, it's done. Uh, but if you have any questions, this is the time to call in. 0377109000. Uh, we're going to get back to one of our previous callers, Chong Ting. Uh, we didn't get through last time. I think let's, let's try again. We're going to be talking Hello. about organ transplant. Chongping, you're on the air. Hi, yes. Okay, hi. My name is Chongping. I'm uh, working as a junior uh, doctor. Okay, I, I've just got a few questions for Dr. Lila because, yes. uh, I mean, in my experience, um, I realised that the trans- running a transplant service is something that's really expensive um, and it's very, very resource intensive. You know, every time you have a transplant case, you need two teams of surgeons, two teams of anaesthetists, um, not to mention the nursing staff, allied health, and uh, even the transport and logistics involved. And I mean, we, we live in a time where um, the government can't, can't afford to employ doctors, uh, junior doctors especially, and um, you know, a lot of our benefits and uh, hospital budgets have been cut. So I just want to ask Dr. Lila, you know, how is it that uh, you managed to stay in business and will, will these budget cuts and, and you know, with the poor economy, will this affect your service? Okay, how do I stay in business? I'm under Ministry of Health. I'm a doctor helps. in yeah. the Ministry mm-hmm. of Health. Of course, our budget, we had to, uh, there, there has been uh, cuts, definitely. But you'd be surprised, even with cuts, we still can, you know, we still can perform if we want to. At least we can, we can get it going. Actually, if you do it, uh, it's possible. People are always looking at the impossible, you see. So the, the, the thing is, uh, even if we don't do as many, at least if you do enough, yeah. it will give hope to those that need it. Yeah. You know, and, and I think uh, if you pull, because if you think territorial, then nothing will be ever be enough. And in terms of yeah. costs, it's also um, a question that came in saying, who will bear the cost of organ checks? Uh, is it the donor's bill or is it the hospital? No, uh, it is actually absorbed by the uh, government. Mm-hmm. So whatever, the, the, when a person, or let's say for the donor, when a person dies, and uh, if he is worked up uh, as a donor, but it did not become a donor, whatever that is being managed after his death will not be charged to the family. Now, if he dies in a government hospital and he became a donor, his admission fees is actually waived. You know, this is as an incentive for people, you know, because people are grateful that uh, the government is grateful that he has uh, donated to help so many people. Okay, so back to just now pooling of uh, networking and pooling of our resources 
we should be able to do something. But when you become territorial, this is belong to this hospital, that right. belongs to that hospital. It's, it's bureaucracy at its yes. worst. Uh, folks, call us at zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. It's Tom Bank. We're talking about organ donation. And also, our producers are on the line, ready to take your details in case you'd like to indicate interest. We can pass them on to Dr. Leila uh, so that they can contact you after the show. Uh, we're going to move back to the phone lines. Go is on the line with a question for Dr. Leila. Yes, Go, you're Tom. on the air. Yes, hi. Hi. Uh, hi. Good evening. Thank you. All right, uh, I'll just make this as uh, simple as possible. So I'm a layman, and uh, this is something I read uh, on the news a couple of years ago. Uh, in U.S., there was this uh, man whose son was in a coma, and the doctors were actually ready to um, prepare for the uh, organ donations. And he actually uh, helped the uh, doctors in gunpoint and uh, made them just uh, hold on. Uh, because he was sure that the son was actually not brain dead yet, uh, and because they actually said he was brain dead, but in the end, uh, he the son actually uh, recovered. Uh, he was actually out of uh, his uh, coma. So that's my concern in the sense that if we were to like uh, sign up as a donor, um, how would you know that you are actually really brain dead? Uh, how long would they actually take before they uh, certify that uh, this donor is already uh, you know? That's uh, beyond the point of hope, and uh, they'll just proceed with uh, this uh, organ donation. No, the the problem is sometimes people use the term brain death very loosely, right. and that can also happen even among the medical fraternity. No, well, that's concerning. The uh, medical fraternity is being a bit loose with yes. with the term no, brain that, death. That, that is why people say, "Oh, this patient is clinical dead," mm. without actually doing the test. Mm. Doing the test is actually a very, uh, uh, you know, it, it has a very stringent criteria, and you have to correct a lot of things before you you can do it. And before you know, you have to do the test and you have to be very sure about it. And uh, for us, for us anyway, um, we are not the ones that, that, that take the organs or that, that, that do the test. But when the case is referred to us, we actually go down and see how they do that test. Does it follow the, the SOP? Does it follow the proper protocol? Was everything normalized when they do it? Because we all have to be very sure that uh, you do not take organs from the dead. So I think in that case, I have read, even in among the uh, US, they d- actually did not do the test mm. properly. And, and it's, it's a very dramatic circumstance yes. as well when you know the, the person in question actually recovers. And, and yeah, yeah, because uh, a person who is brain dead is definitely dead, but it's a matter of how you do that test and how stringent that is done. And that is the thing that is very important. We're going to move on to the next caller. JV is on the line. JV, you have a question for Datin Dr. Leila. Please go ahead. Hi, Datin. Hi. It's an absolute pleasure to hear you talk. Um, I was wondering, like, uh, for laymen like me, if I want to be a donor, yeah. do we have any say in the selection process? Who can we donate to after, like, if you make any... Because, you know, I don't want my uh, organs to go to some drug addict or maybe, you know, he's a convicted criminal or something like that. Uh, can we make a selection process in that, in a write-down that, you know, uh, in the system before uh, we become a registration member? Or is there any validation or filtering process for that? Can I answer? All right. Yeah. Thank you very thank much. You. Yeah. Okay. Donation, you're talking about deceased donation, that means donation after you die. Mm. It has to be unconditional. It is altruistic, it has to be unconditional. You may consider it for your family member, Mm. uh, but even then, if it is for family member, it has to be that it's a suitable match and that 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 family member is in the fit enough state to undergo the surgery because we don't want to hasten his death uh, uh, if he's done that he's not in a fit state. Mm. But if can we give it to a particular particular race, can we give it to uh, 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 to not give it to this person or that person? You want to give it to your favourite barber? It doesn't it, work that way. It, it yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah. It has to be unconditional. When it is becomes con- uh, conditional, we actually do not accept. Yep. And then I suppose that answers uh, one of the questions that came in uh, asking whether or not the recipient gets to choose, um, you know, whether it's the same uh, ethnic ethnicity, okay. same race as the donor. You're talking race, about yeah. recipient now. Mm. Whenever we actually offer to the transplant and they and if the case is a marginal case let's say the, the, the organs are not as perfect as it could be there may be issues about it yeah. but because we are short of organs you know the the fact that he might die from from uh, his failure faster than from this thing 
the 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 organ may still be offered to the person, and then but he has to write. He has the right that he wants. It's not because oh, it comes from uh, this race. It comes from this, uh, you know, a uh, short person. Or it comes. So, uh, so no uh, recipient only witness. But and and they can. But they need to. Um, they will not be penalized if they do that. All right. Uh, the calls are coming through thick and fast. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. We've got Lee on the line. Lee, you're on the air. What's your question for Dr. Leila? Okay. Uh, I am given to understand that the. Family unit actually is the last uh, uh, decision maker or the ultimate decision maker. Yes. Whether whether or not uh, an organ can be donated. Yes. So if that is the case, I'm wondering, then why bother to sign up? Okay. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, because when it's a very difficult decision for family to make when they don't at the time of death, it's so much easier if they know it's the wish of the person. Okay, the law is such that it is. We have an opt-in law where we actually can do the donation if it is uh, expressed, but it's an expressed consent by the, the donor during his lifetime, either written or or, or uh, in in uh, verbal form, and or the family. Concept, so, so, so once the person has opted in, um, there is no circumstance in which the family can object to that. Uh, the, family, the family, we still need to get consent from the family. That's why we advise right. when you signed up, inform your family members. And in fact, inform as many people as possible mm. because the more people who know, the more likely the donation can occur. Yeah. But the family also has the right to donate the organs of the deceased even if the deceased hasn't signed up. They may have discussed or they may not have discussed but maybe the family feel this is the best thing that the, the person can do. So Dr. Lila, how often does that happen when it is the wish of um, the person in question that, that they are, they've signed up um, you know, in their lifetime uh, but they didn't inform anybody and then you know, they die, the parents find out, oh, he's actually an organ donor. How often does that conflict occur it, where the parents or the family has, is not thrilled it about it? It has happened. But uh, you can count the numbers okay. because the, fam the, the family usually, if it is expressed by the person over and over and you're consistent with that, it makes it a bit difficult for them not to honour yeah. the wish of the deceased. But if they are, they step, you know, they put their foot down and say, no, we're not going to donate. We on our side, we couldn't because it must be with blessing. Sure, right. You, know? you will honor that. Um, yeah. There are a lot of questions uh, coming in as to finding out, um, you know, who can be a donor um, and the rest of it. We will address those shortly. In the meantime, we want to uh, head over to the phones where we have lots of calls uh, waiting on the line, and we will do so right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. It's Tom back right here on BFM eighty nine point nine. Time for the four T's: tweet, text, talk. Talk back on BFM 89.9. Folks, it's Talk Back here with Caroline and Ezra in the studio with us is Dr. Leila, head of the National Transplant Resource Center. Uh, it's an appropriate guest because we're speaking about organ donation this evening. Yep, inviting you to call in any questions for the good doctor. She's here to answer them and also for you to indicate interest if indeed you would like uh, to be an organ donor. Our producers are on standby. Don't worry, Dr. Leila is not going to head over to you with a scalpel and a lecture for your family. That's not going <laughs> that's to happen. Not, that's not what's happening. That's not part of the plan okay yeah. so uh do give us a call zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand is the number to call uh lou is on the line now lou uh you have a uh a family that is an organ transplant survivor tell us a little bit more about that story and 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 you're on the air right now okay um my father is a recipient of a organ transplant and uh, he had his kidney transplant not locally in malaysia by overseas and the transplant lasted for eight years and he's still not back to dialysis but he's he had a good time when he had a transplant. So I myself is a donor. So I actually strongly uh, support organ donation. But just the thing is, I would like to know the possibility of having an opt-out in Malaysia because currently we need to register as a voter, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a donor. But is it possibility that everyone is a donor unless you choose not to? No, uh, because... Ours is opt-in, so that means it must be expressed consent. Actually, there have been a few ministers who are saying, why not we become uh, opt-out? Mm -hmm. But as I mentioned before, to become opt-out, it means that every citizen must, have, must be informed. They must know that if they don't want to donate, they have to... Uh, uh, they have to register somewhere. Well, essentially, it's like you know EPF, um, you know, reducing oh, yes, the rate. The of you have to sign a form, fill one up, and opt out. Well, who knows? Yeah. The virtues of an informed citizenry 
uh, you yeah. might have it. Because how, at some otherwise, point. can you imagine? Even in an opt-out, like in Singapore, there was a time when they had to call the police in. You know, it it brings something that is very, very ugly and very unless everybody is aware and and uh, you know that, that they, they they have already expressed because they said this one has never discussed. Yeah. So it may be easier to implement in other but in our country we're not quite there yet. Particularly with our country with different ethnic background, with different religious belief, with different and so many parts of our population that has yet to have access to full information. Yeah. I don't know whether we could implement it yet. We're going to move on to our next caller. Hugh is on the line. Uh, Hugh, uh, tell us what your question is. Um, hi, I've just got a query on the statistics. Uh, Dr. Layla's mentioned that in Malaysia there's one donor per million Population. people. Yes. Um, now, that would make the number of donors in Malaysia about 28. No, um, we have about our population now 30 over million. million. Uh, this is last year. Now, this year has been terrible. Last year, we had 71 donors, but of which 31 were organ donors after brain death, and the rest, about 40, were actually tissue donors after cardiac death. Tissue, we mean eye or bones, uh, heart valves. They actually wanted to donate everything, but because they died by uh, cardiac death uh, or circulatory death, we are not like other countries where they've got the resources to do uh, DCD, DCD, that means donation of organs after the heart had stopped. Mm. We don't have the resources, we don't have the policies, and I think understanding yet to implement that. And anyway, why should we have that when we have enough brain-dead patients because of a, a high uh, death on the road? Uh, Hugh, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. I must say the programme's been very interesting and I'm going to get myself along and get signed up. Oh, that's Congratulations, Hugh. Well done. Well done, Hugh. And if you want to sign up, and the best way is to go online to our website, www.dermaorgan.gov.my. We will send a card in about... But if you don't get the card within two weeks, please, 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 please let us know. We have got complaints. People say, oh, six months ago I signed up and never got the card. That's very frustrating on your yeah, end, I'm because sure. Because the thing is, we've posted the card mm -hmm. and sometimes we had got quite a few returns yep. you know so if you don't receive it in two weeks three weeks please let us know by email you know at ntrc at moh.gov.my or by our phone or even our uh, the best is our uh, free phone uh, 1-800-889-080 or, or on our Facebook and we will send back the card. We'll check with you is the address yeah, correct. Somebody will get in touch with you for sure. And if you want to sign up online like Hugh, I suspect we'll be doing dermaorgan.gov. Or if not, if not, Ezra, next uh, this Saturday we'll be starting our uh, Minggu Kesedaran Pertemuan Organ or National Organ Donation Awareness Week. We're celebrating one week. We are going to have a street campaign actually all over Malaysia. You will see people in orange or with the green ribbon sign. Right. And if they come to you and start talking about donation, don't chase them away. Them <laughs> okay, get the info and then oh. sign up. Or go to any hospital and clinic. All right, we're going to move on to our next caller. Wong is on the line. Uh, Wong, tell us what your question is. Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, yeah, my question is I'm a diabetic patient. Can mm. I donate the organs? Okay, now, if you want to pledge... Anybody can sign up because this is just to express your wish. We don't even do your uh, uh, screening because what, what happens to at the time of death, we do need a good history from the family uh, of your social and uh, of your medical, social and family history. And we will do all the investigation that we need to make sure that the organs are safe, organs still could be used. And you're, you know, so even though you are diabetic, but if you're well controlled, we still maybe might be able to use our kidneys. So, so when you say you're going to do all the investigation, is the family then supposed to run around and look for that information? No, or it, no. Uh, as, as, as I mentioned before, somebody dies by brain death is in an ICU. It may be in a government hospital, it may be in a private hospital. Mm -hmm. They've done the first test, they will refer to us. Then we will look at it and we will do all these tests together with the hospital doctors right. and see is it suitable or not. Is this patient free from transmissible diseases, mm. infection, HIV, hepatitis, high-risk uh, behaviour and all that. And then we will offer the organs to the recipient side, the teams. If they have a desperate case that is a do-or-die they might actually take even this case. All right, we've got one more Call caller on. before we head towards the 7 o'clock news. Is Hyrule on the line. Hyrule, you're on the air with yeah, uh, Dr. Dr. Lela. Tell us what your question is. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, is there any restriction for organ donation? Because uh, I cannot uh, 
donate blood because I was in UK in 1996. I know, just like me. I can't donate blood, but I'm a blo- I'm a donor pledger. Why they do yeah, they, why, why they worry about donating blood because there's worry about mad cow disease mm. you know it couldn't mm. be right. you know, and that is blood but organs because you know you're more likely to die from your organ failure than you are to die from mad cow disease if they were to be donated because mad cow disease will take a long 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 time to to to, to <laughs> manifest if you do have it because right. most probably you don't have it but you know, uh, so we we do still take, uh, but there are restrictions. As I said, we will do that at the time of death. All right, Harold. Hope that uh, right. answers your question. So please do sign up, Harold, if you are thinking about it. Yep, and um, you know, lots of tweets which we will get to after the news. Lots of questions coming in for uh, Dr. Leila. You can keep those uh, calls coming in on zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. Folks, uh, as mentioned, um, you know, when it comes to organ and tissue transplants in the country, Malaysia is amongst the lowest in the world. The current rate stands at one donor per one million population. Uh, hopefully, this program will increase awareness, increase uh, the sign up rate in the studio with us. Is Datin Dr. Leila, head of the National Transplant Resource Centre. If, if you have any questions, uh, this is the time to call us on Talkback. Folks, we'll be right back after the 7 o'clock news. BFM 89.9. Get in touch right now. Call 0377109000. Text 0162019000 or tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Talkback on BFM 89.9. Hey folks, it's Caroline and Ezra. Of course, welcome back to Talkback. We've been speaking for the past hour about organ donation and we have heard from all sorts of different folks, people who have questions uh, about organ donation, uh, of course recipients uh, survivors uh, and we want to hear more from you folks 0377109000 of course you can text us 0162019000 and tweet us at BFM Radio we also actually have a poll uh, taking place um, and just trying to give a sense as to what the sentiment has been since we started this discussion yep. uh, about an hour ago. Actually I don't know whether this is quite reflective and uh, Dr. Leda you'll be able to weigh in so we've asked everyone whether or not they're an organ donor the answers are yes no we'll sign up and never uh, with 25% saying yes 36% saying no 34% saying they will sign up and 5% saying never is that more or less a reflection well, but I think there's an improvement from mm. earlier when, when you mentioned mm. there were 44% who were never what, uh, who said that they did not they, they, yeah. yeah so I think there is an as, as they're listening to the Answers and and not only that the discussion. I think people who are having that that just like Ezra, I, I'm sure Ezra at the end of this would like to. Oh no, I mean, and of course, uh, you know, I was speaking to Lee yeah. Twilin about mm-hmm. a few hours ago about this this obstacle, but as to why, I mean, I I think principally and with everything that we've spoken about. I feel like I definitely would want to yes. um, uh, donate my organs. And I'm just trying to think, if I've been hesitant at least about the act of signing up, uh, does it reflect other people's sentiments as well? I think uh, for some of them, they said, they actually were thinking about it, but they didn't know where. Yeah. Then there is also that, you know, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. That's why we're trying to make it easy by that you can register online. Yeah. But even if you can't register, why don't you just have that conversation with your family? Just have, have that, that first. discussion so that people know that you actually have no objection. And in fact, if you, uh, you, know, if you want to donate, I'm just too lazy to go and sign up. Let as many people know I have no objection. Just what, what the, our first speaker, uh, uh, caller called it. Yeah, that's right. Dermaorgan.gov.my is uh, the Dr. website. Ov.my. Yep, that's right. Uh, folks, moving on to our caller is Victor. Hi, Victor, you're on the air. Hi, good evening, Dr. Laila, Ezra and Caroline. Hi, yeah. Victor. Hi. Uh, Victor, I you called in to do... talk about this topic in 2014. Did you sign up? Yes. No, not yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> you still have unanswered questions? <laughs> yes. So, uh, no, because uh, it's just for lack of follow-up uh, rather than anything else. So I think uh, it doesn't oh, matter. But have you I discussed that here. with your family? Uh, okay. I just discussed it with my wife. Mm-hmm. So I think it doesn't matter what I say here. I think it does matter what I say. Do yes. so. I have given the producer my this uh, info. Oh, Victor, then, bless you. Then uh, both of us, we are more than willing to sign up because congratulations, all, we, Victor. We, we are. Just you have seen the light. <laughs> we are just making a pledge to give something away, which definitely we have no use of if it come to that. Yeah. And and 
it might not be of use anyway because I hope I hope this is a very selfish thought. <laughs> I hope I hope the harvesting of the organs would not take place uh, for a long, 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 long time. Oh. So, Dr. Okay. Laila, yes. is there an expiry date for the organ that is uh, functionable that can be harvested? Okay. The organs we are taking from a brain dead patient. The patient is actually still on a ventilator. We still try to maintain the circulation as well as possible until everything is in place. Because not only to get all the uh, consent to make sure that the organs are, are, are fine, are, are safe, and also recipient is waiting and ready. And if it's a case of accident or medical legal, we also need need by law to get the clearance from the magistrate and all. So we have to maintain that and we bring the, uh, the actually for the procurement, we bring the teams uh, from this respective transplant center to the place where the donor died, which is in the hospital uh, that the donor is being ventilated in. And it's only when uh, everything is in place in the OT that uh, and before the organs are removed that we actually switch off the ventilator. So the period of... Uh, of, of, of no circulation is, is, is short, okay? So, uh, but of course, from the time of brain death, the longer we wait, it is going to, the organs are going to deteriorate, particularly if you're of the older age group. And, uh, and also, once the organs are removed, it has to be uh, cooled, it has to be kept in special solution, and it has to be transplanted as quickly as possible. We are talking about hours. You know, like the heart hmm. and lung within four to six hours, it must be transplanted and get a circulation. So, uh, liver about 12 hours and the kidney is about 24 hours. So that is a time uh, factor. But as I said, sometimes a family cannot accept the death and we had to give a few more time. Or I can't talk about days, you know. Uh, sometimes it's day, a day or two. The longer you wait, the organs may not become as good, yeah. particularly if they're from the older age group. All right, moving on to our next caller. Anand is on the line. Anand, are you there? Yes, I am here. Good uh, evening. I like this topic. I, I'm not a donor yet, but I want um, I have two questions. The first one is, uh, what are there any impediments to having uh, to taking an organ? For example, I've had heart surgery when I was a teenager, congenital heart, hole in the heart. So would that make it in a, not uh, valid anymore, as well as for other organs? Okay, we will look at the function of the organ at the time of death. Now, because you've had surgery, you have something that's abnormal in the heart, probably your heart may not be suitable. Maybe it might even be that your, your, your valves, because sometimes the heart may not be suitable, we could use the valves, but maybe in this case it's not. But and then your eyes might be good. Your uh, kidneys might still be good. Mm -hmm. Your liver, depending on your age, we will assess and do all the necessary investigation, get good history, and then to see that the organ is in good condition or in condition that could be used rather. Because sometimes it's marginal, it still could be used. Particularly when it is kidney. The liver, the heart, the lung, we may be uh, a bit more stringent. Uh, we take it even from a younger, relatively younger age group. But for kidneys, it may not work immediately, that's all right, because we can always support the recipient post-transplant with dialysis. And then the, the kidneys may work sometimes a few days later, sometimes a few weeks later. We even have up to three months later. Mm -hmm. But after that, it works. And we can support that recipient after the transplant with dialysis. We can't do that with the other organs. So with the other organs, we are much, much more stringent in the criteria. All right, moving on to our next caller, Tay is on the line. Tay, uh, I understand that you want to give feedback on actually donating. Tay, you on the air? Yeah, I'm, I'm here, yeah. Okay, uh, I actually uh, think that uh, most of the uh, Chinese, uh, especially the Chinese, uh, they have got, they are reluctant to uh, uh, donate the organs as the uh, Chinese are always saying that when you die, you have to die one piece. <laughs> and um, to me, I think that... Uh, when we go, we can't bring along all these things with us. Why we want to burn it, uh, let it have all the worms to eat up all the organs, and, and why don't we leave it to the people who need all of it? Yeah. I'm actually a donor, uh, a donor as well. But, uh, a pleasure, a pleasure. You haven't donated yet. <laughs> a pleasure. <laughs> May you have a long life. <laughs> yeah, I've already donated. Oh, you have? Yeah, but the thing is, I haven't, uh, that was quite some time ago when I did my blood uh, donation. I actually signed up with them, but I did not receive any response from the... Uh, did did uh, you have a card? Do you have a I card? I don't have. I've got, I've got nothing here. Uh, when did you sign up? Do you sign up online? Oh, that was, 
that, no, it, it was when I uh, when I did my uh, blood donation. They have got a, a form. Uh, another, yes, yes. But and, on uh, the form, there is a card, yeah. isn't it? No, no, I did not. Uh, that was years oh. ago. Well, Okay. Um, In that case, you want us. Yeah. You want to stay on the line so yeah. that our producers can get your number uh, and sort yeah, you I've out. I've already given it. I've All right. Given there you go. Oh, good. Yeah, They'll yeah. send you. Yeah. And don't forget, we'll contact you and get your address, and yes. uh, we can give you the card. Okay. okay but but sure. you have informed your family members. That's the most important, because oh, uh, actually I, that yeah. donor card is not actually a med, uh, a legal. Document, mm. not binding. Yeah. Uh, it is only an indicator card. The more most important is for you to have that conversation and discussion with your family members, so that they know your wish. They are the one that will make sure the donation happens. Right. Yeah, yeah, I understand that, but it's still my life that whichever part of myself that I need to donate, <laughs> I can do it on my on, on my rights. But uh, my wife is aware of it. My wife is also uh, actually a pledger as well. Donor yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Yeah, All right, yeah. thank you very much for that. And thank you and uh, and, and congratulations. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting you know these pledges one person at a time. I think yeah. that's the way to go yeah. in, in this past hour. Uh, Eric you is... You see, uh, Caroline is smiling <laughs> away. Yeah. We've got another caller. Eric is on the line. He's got a few questions. Uh, Eric, are you there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there. Hi, Dr. Hi. Actually, I'm also of the pledge uh, of the organ donation. Yes. I have two questions regarding just want to chat with you. First of all, it's because... On the four year earlier, about 2012 like that, I was registered my organ donation in Utah there, Perak la. So yes. if I am say, touch on him, say, I'm today, I'm giving this role. So does my organ will be only harvested with base in Perak there? No, 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 no. This is for the whole country. It doesn't matter where you die. Most important, we are also trying, we are training the hospital staff so that they can identify and they can give the family the chance if it's a suitable death. Because you have to die a suitable death, that's the thing. Uh, you know, the family uh, is given the chance to, t- uh, to, to to have that discussion and they will refer the case to us. So it can happen. We have had donors in Tawau, you know, in, 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 and we have had donors up in Perlis. Everywhere, even in small, small hospital, in private hospital, in university hospital. But most important is if the sometimes, as I say, hospital staff may become reluctant seeing as an extra work. Then if the donor, if the family knows of the wish, they can also bring it up. But we do not discuss that until after death. Because sometimes the patient is not dead yet. When the patient is not dead, we mm-hmm. thank. But let's, let's deal when the time comes, not, not before. All right, okay. and uh, of course we're going to move on to our last few callers. Ung is on the line. Uh, Ung, of course, is another person who has pledged as an organ donor. Ung, you're on the air. Hi. 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 And uh, doctor, okay, my name is Eking. Uh, I actually pledged uh, to donate my organ. I think two months back, while yes. I was doing my blood donation. So while I was doing that. Uh, the person in charge explained to me all the terms and conditions, so I'm happy to say that uh, I've done that. And you got a card? Yeah. Okay, congratulations. Thank you very much. So I hopefully I can raise the statistics. All right. And, And now that you have signed up, look after your body, look after your organ, Practice healthy uh, lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> yes, Terrific Thank stuff. You. Thank you very much. And okay, we've got one more caller. Gobi is on the line. I love like this final few callers. There's been a flourish of folks who have pledged uh, to sign up and uh, donate their organs. Uh, Gobi is on the air. Hi, Gobi. Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, well, okay, I'm a full organ donor. Basically, you can take everything of mine once I'm gone. The thing is, okay, uh, I lost my wallet about like some time back and I'm wondering how do I get my, uh, get a new card? Why don't you call uh, our resource centre at that number 1-800-889-080. We can okay. send you a card. Or if not, if you see, you know, because this Saturday is the start of the organ donation week and we okay. are going to have a street campaign throughout the whole country. You see anybody, you know, walking with the green ribbon sign which okay. says Satu Ikra Sajuta Harapan, I'm sure they can give you the spare card because it's only an empty card. It's for you to fill up. And remember uh, to keep that card with the IC all the time and yep. have that discussion all the time. Can, uh, and in fact, just for everybody's uh, knowledge, 
uh, with this Minggu Kesan Pendamaan Organ, uh, we are going to have, uh, as I said, street campaign everywhere. And in KL, you're going to see them in the LRT because we are working together with the Prasarana and, uh, and NKF and many other NGOs and other members of you know universities and all. And you will see people in orange. You know, we're not Abana, but we are with the green rib, uh, the green heart sign, which says Satu Ika Sejuta. And going about to say, let's talk. Right. Let's talk because I will talk to you about donation. If you want to sign up, don't want to sign up. You go back and talk with other people. Uh, if you have signed up, inform your wish. If you are not have not signed up, talk ask to your questions. family. Yeah. Ask questions. And, and, and also say, Mom, you know my wish. What is your wish? You let me know so that I know what to do if you should die before me. It's a great dinner conversation. I'll yes. tell you that. Uh, Caroline, uh, you know, I mean, we've, we've gotten... It, it's an interesting thing because I think a lot of questions uh, that have been put by members of the public, it's, it's, it's some of the most basic questions mm. that um, will actually tip over their decisions and say, you know what, I have no other questions left to ask and I can sign up now. Yeah, but there, oh, are, good. <laughs> there are a lot uh, asking, you know, uh, similar questions to what came in a little earlier. You know, I have thalassemia, I'm diabetic. Um, you know, can I donate? And I think doctor you answered that a little earlier in that you can pledge and the doctors will do the the yes. necessary test to check to see for suitability and, 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 and when the person wants to donate we try as hard as possible to fulfill that wish yep. you know even if it's i unless of course he's got uh, disease that we make it uh, he's a transmissible disease then we may not be okay to. this one how secure are the identities of people who pledge their organs for donation uh, kept um, you know is this uh, information safe Okay, the the information that is in the uh, register, okay, uh, nobody else can access. So that's why when they want to check, they cannot check online themselves. They have to call us. Mm. Only we can check that. And even at the time of death, the hospital will call us. But we actually, whether the person is in the register or not, it doesn't matter. But we we will check. If they, even if they don't carry a card and we say, oh, yes, he's on our register, mm. then they will know that he's a pledger. Okay, this next one. What if I signed up uh, as a donor in two countries, Malaysia and Australia? Who will have my organs uh, when I pass Your away? Your organs will go to where you die mm-hmm. because the organs have to be moved very quickly. quickly. Yeah. So it will, because it has to benefit a human being. And a human being, it doesn't matter where they are. Right. Um, uh, this one saying, as a foreigner living in Malaysia, can I register? Okay. Uh, actually, I think we could. Because before we said we didn't. But we have a, quite a number of people who actually die and donated here. And in fact, in the early days, they were mainly foreigners. Right. They can. As long as they have their family here. But to sign up, they can sign up. But actually, this, this donor card is actually meant for Malaysians. But we're actually opening it up to all. Uh, Chris saying, can I donate my whole body instead for medical research? Yes, they can. If they want to sign up with the um, silent mentor. And even when they want to donate their body to uh, research, they can, if they want to donate organs, let us know. Because usually they will take the organs first. Because the organ must be taken fresh, then they donate the body after that. All right, this one's saying, how many days uh, does it take for the deceased's body to be returned back to the family Actually, for the burial ceremony? Okay, it is very, we try to expedite it as fast as possible. If it is brain death, the, t- the time of death is the time when we confirm brain death, but the donor is still actually on the ventilator with a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And we try to, ex- to make sure that we get the transplant done as quickly as possible. And immediately after that, if post-mortem is required, we expedite. So at the most, by the following day or the following afternoon. But sometimes we must remember, we want to do it, we want to do it well, so that it can benefit many people with a good outcome. We want to make sure the donor body is also, we don't do it chin chai, chin chai. Mm. We must make sure that all laws and legal requirements is maintained. And, and the next thing is, we must make sure before we take out the organs, the recipient is waiting in the respective transplant centre. And this very much is logistic. But we expedite. And if we find that it's going to take too long, if it's multi-organ, then we take what is the most needed and maybe the rest not. Right. This question at the moment, and I think this is important so that everyone has a sense of context. How many people are waiting for organ transplants? Okay, it's more than 20,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be exact, I have as of no, as of end of September, 20,664. And 20,640 are waiting for kidneys. Because kidneys, for both your information, they can live long time uh, on, on, on the dialysis. In fact, not everybody actually is suitable for transplant. 
And do you know that every year we have this from our data from the registry, we have five to 7,000 new patients that end up with end-stage kidney failure. That's why the Ministry of Health is putting so much emphasis on don't smoke, cut down that sugar, cut down the weight, a healthy lifestyle. It's because we have got a high diabetes uh, rate and we have got high hypertension. People are abusing their bodies. And because of that, you increase the, the and, five, seven thousand, mind you. And, and just on that number, how does that compare to other countries? Is that is that a pretty high number? Is it a no? I mean, our country, the trouble is, I mean, of course, uh, like US, they have a larger population, sure. so they may have got a large number, but they got larger number of people who are donating mm. and much much larger number of transplant. But if we consider for that number of people waiting in a year we can probably get about less than 100 kidney transplant done. That kidney transplant includes uh, those that are from deceased donor and also from living relatives. Yeah. Okay. Now, even relatives, because because uh, dialysis is really available, or more available compared to before, because before you don't get transplant, actually a death sentence. So because of that, uh, families donate. Now, even the families are not donating so much. Mm-hmm. So because of that, our people are going overseas to buy organs, which itself is against the law in those countries. They put themselves at risk because they can, do, they can go there and spend money and get nothing. Or worse still, because the, the, the organ is become a commodity, they come back with problems. You know, whether infection or whether complication. Right. Um, uh, just a couple of messages saying that they've been meaning to sign up for the longest time. Uh, they just did thanks to the show and thank you for all the information, Dr. Leila. I'm glad that they Very, very glad to hear that. Um, so, just so you know, the National Transplant Resource Centre is the only government body that handles organ donation pledges, data records From throughout everywhere. Malaysia. Um, you know, and, and, and manage the donors. So, and managing the donors as well. So, if, and all those questions, right? If you have incomplete information, you're not sure if your registration went through, you lost your card. Uh, you want to download pleasure forms. All the information that you need is actually on dermaorgan.gov.my. Or go on our Facebook. Go on the Facebook. Look go to our them. Twitter and our YouTube. Or you can call one eight hundred double eight nine zero eight zero. I'm going to repeat that for you: one eight hundred double eight nine zero eight zero. All right, folks, uh, that's all the time we have been speaking about organ donation. The guest in our studio has been Datin Dr. Leila, head of the National Transplant Resource Centre. Dr. Leila, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, let's get those uh, numbers out once again, 1-800-889-080. You can, of course... Office vis- hours, yeah? <laughs> They'll be calling now and there'll be nobody and, there. And of course, you can visit the website at dermaorgan.gov.my. If you miss any part of this conversation, download the podcast at our website, bfm.my. It's the evening edition, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.